You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional, Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. Don't panic, we're gonna be fine Though pundits go manic and direly opine At 14 months out, just ignore some dumb poll Incumbents have won on the whole The economy is humming and job growth has sprouted Even jerks who voted against infrastructure are bragging about it. Abortion boosts turnout, which has been apparent. While the orange guy gets even more incoherent. So Democrats don't panic about 2024. Yes, things feel volcanic, but we've been here before. And things worked out time and again, as we've seen. Well, except that one time in 2016. Now that was a shock that was most unexpected. But as an incumbent, he was not re-elected. Sure, some of his fans stick to him without fail. But they won't be doing much voting from jail. So don't sweat or squirm, folks. The odds are quite teeny of a second term for the mango Mussolini. I know fretting and worrying is in our DNA, but Trump's legal woes aren't going away. As more evidence comes out every day, and more witnesses will flip, safe to say. So of hope there is more than a ray. Relax, it'll all be okay. I hope. It says I hope. That these videos don't produce themselves, but you can help me by joining my Patreon. Our first video is $2 a month. You can help me continue to make videos to help you have to do whatever I think you brought. Thanks. Thanks. Lauren Mayer, everybody. And yes, she does deserve a round of applause. She knocks out one of those new songs every week. And you can find her on uh, YouTube and all the social medias. I I know on the shitter, she's at Lauren's Comedy. And she said that that that, um, little ditty was inspired by our friend Digby, who was here just a couple of days ago. Um, So, yeah. All right. Um. Wow. So today it's the end of a busy week, a busy week with a lot of legal stuff. And you know what I do when there's a lot of legal questions. Yeah, we call our friend Lisa Graves and she'll be along in just a few minutes. Um, Lisa Graves, former deputy assistant attorney general under two presidents. That would be uh, Bill Clinton and George 
H.W. Bush, I believe. Um, uh, she was there under Janet Reno and John Ashcroft, of all people. And since then, she's, you know, she works her ass off. She exposes dark money. Um, I hate to call them people. But, you know, the creatures that I'm talking about, like Leonard Leo and the Koch brothers and Alec, all the machinations of Alec sticking their nose, American Legislative Exchange Council nonsense. That is just um, a way to get, uh, uh, you know, basically lobbyists, big dark money people to write uh, laws that are sort of generic that they give to state legislators to bring home to their state assemblies and slap their names on. Things like, you know, here in Florida, uh, the 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 um, approval of materials from the entity known as PragerU, that it, it, U stands for, um, I, I, I got to come up with a good uh, um, un- uh, realistic, <laughs> unfactual. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to give it more thought. I, I just honestly thought I'd, I'd brilliantly come up with something off the top of my head, which <laughs> didn't happen this time. But you, you get the idea, right? Um, it, it, so that's going on. But but in that song, Lauren Mayer did say something about um, a, a, a ridiculous polls 14 months out. Okay, now you may have listened yesterday when Howie Klein was here, and I mentioned that I had read something about that polling that CNN has gotten. They've just gone nonstop on. In fact, somebody I didn't pull the clip because I'm not going to amplify all the attacks on Joe Biden. But CNN has gone nonstop in dissing the president. Um, because of the results of this poll that they conducted. Well, and I and I said to Howie that I had read somewhere yesterday, Prager uneducated. Good one. Good one, uh, Caroline, in the chat room. Disinformation University. You guys are creative. I, I love you guys. Yeah, keep them coming. Anyway, this CNN poll, um, I had mentioned that I read somewhere that it was very skewed, very skewed to the right. And how he's like, where'd you see that? I, and I couldn't remember because, you know, I read so many different things each day, but I found it. I found it last night. And uh, somebody named now Norman Ornstein, who is an all-time politico on the progressive side of the aisle, um, retweeted something from this guy, Chris D. Jackson. Uh, let's see who Chris D. Jackson is. Um, he is, la la la, he's a dad, a husband, a public servant, 16 years, elective office, former Democratic Party chair, um, OG Team Joe, our animal, animal advocate. Okay, ChrisDJackson.com. Anyway, Chris Jackson tweeted, CNN desperately wanted an anti-Biden narrative. So what did they do? They commissioned a poll. Again, the poll that you've heard nonstop about for the last 48 hours or so, comprised of 59.7% Republicans to generate a predictably bad outcome for Biden and have now blabbed about it nonstop all day. He writes, you literally can't make this shit up. They are literally making their own news. And then he quotes something um, from CNN that says the CNN poll was conducted by SSRS from August 25th through 31st among a random national sample of 1,503 adults drawn from a probability based panel, including 1,259 registered voters and 391 Democratic and Democratic-leaning independent voters. The survey included an oversample to reach a total of 898 Republicans and Republican-leaning independents. Opposed what? This group has been weighted to its proper size within the population. Surveys were either conducted online or by telephone with a live interviewer. Results among the full sample have a margin of sampling error of plus or minus 3.5 points. Among registered voters, the margin of sampling error is 3.6 votes, and it's 6.0 for Democratic and Democratic-leading voters. 
Okay. It's mumbo jumbo to me. It's, it may as well be talking Greek because uh, I don't know statistics and this kind of stuff. Just it, it's numbers that jumble up in my head. But I've read now in more than a few places that they commissioned a poll with a majority of Repu- 59.7 Republicans, percent Republicans. So um, I will have to ask um, uh, Lisa graves about this. And again, CNN is running with these headlines. America's frustration with Biden could set Trump up to win back the White House in 2024. Another one, CNN poll. Biden faces negative job ratings and concerns about his age as he gears up for 2024. What about the former guy? He's a whopping three years younger than Biden. At that age, I'm sorry, there's no difference. But this is the least of our worries today. We, um, uh, we've we got a lot going on and so many questions. So I'm thrilled. Uh, hold on. I got to just got to. Oh, uh, I guess I have, I have Marcy Wheeler still up here. I got to get get Marcy Wheeler off there and put, <laughs> and put um, here. Let me let me get. Uh, I'm all I'm all uh, confused here. Hold on one second. Lisa Graves, I'm coming. Um, let's get Lisa Graves here and then I'll fix the, the Chiron for us. Um, Lisa Graves joins us. She is uh, the executive director of a wonderful organization called True North Research. They're at truenorthresearch.org. However, when Lisa joins us as um, our legal expert here on the show, she joins us as um, in her own, in her personal capacity as a private citizen, not as her, in her capacity as executive director of True North Research. Whoops. And I got a, oh my goodness. I'm, it's Friday. I've been doing 25 things at once. And okay. Now, Lisa, hi. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. Oh, you know, we're moving. We're We're now like a week away. The pod gets delivered next Friday. So, in addition to doing or trying to do my show each day and um, <laughs> and packing and purging and trying to put together like three weeks worth of best of shows um, for to air while I'm gone, I've I've been going nonstop. So I'm a I'm a bit um, sort of scattered. But but thank you so much for being here. Uh, as always, I can't thank you enough. I'm I'm getting your live. There we are. Okay, now we now we get we get the uh, Chiron up. We get the live shot up. There's Lisa Graves. So, oh my God, this has been like the busiest legal week ever. Um, so it's been, it's been busy, but it's also been uh, one of those um, a thousand flowers of justice blooming. It seems uh, in some ways, some some accountability at long last on some of these some of these bad guys. Well, accountability, I guess we can start with yesterday's very quick. I mean, they chose a jury. They had the trial. The jury deliberated and Peter Navarro was convicted on two counts of of uh, contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. This is all his own doing, isn't it? It is. And it's almost the definition of an open and shut case. You know, it was very straightforward. Uh, the facts were very straightforward. The law is very straightforward. Um, and I, I would say he both, you know, is guilty of contempt and is contemptuous um, and has continuously behaved contemptuously, thinking that he's got impunity because of the former guy or TFG, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And and, and, and even his, you know, the, when he went out and the, they had the, the little press conference after his guilty verdict. Now, they don't sentence him until January. Is that normal? Uh, usually there is a delay for sentencing because there's a sort of a pre-sentence investigation or PSI in some jurisdictions um, where there's a recommendation of the possible sentence that's both from the prosecutor, um, uh, the prosecutor's perspective, the defense weighs in on their uh, view of what the sentence should be, which, you know, I'm sure they're going to say nothing uh, or near nothing or suspended. But um, usually um, when someone um, when someone is sentenced, if there were a criminal background or other factors, um, those would also be assessed um, if there were mitigating factors, for example. But um, I personally see no mitigating factors here, other than that he hasn't been convicted previously of this particular offense. Um, but I, I hope that he gets the strongest possible sentence, because he certainly deserves it, in my view. So the strongest possible sentence, I understand it's like a year on each count, so that would be two years. Yeah. You know, 
the right likes to claim that they're law and order judges when they're not actually they're you know very political politicized but if you were a law and order judge you'd you'd do the max sentence and have it served consecutively along with the max fine but you know that doesn't always happen often the sentences are served concurrently um that sort of thing so we'll see but i i I hope he's i hope he serves some time behind bars he certainly deserves it Uh, some of these people really should and maybe it's once we see them get behind bars that others may start saying oh shit that could very well happen to me i better start cooperating here and i guess that's that's part of the process Uh, uh, donald trump the former guy is has 91 felony counts against him He's got four separate indictments with that comprise these uh, 91 felony counts. Um, the, the, his trial calendar is, is booked up. His dance card is booked up for the next couple of years. And he and he's running for president. Do you, Lisa, do you think that if he didn't have these um, these these arrests and these trials coming up and the potential to spend the rest of his life in prison, that he would be running for the presidency again? Well, I certainly think that his desire to um, pardon himself is a motivating factor. But the other motivating factor that is a perennial factor for Trump is the money. And even though um, we haven't been able to trace money to him directly in terms of self-enrichment, this has been a major money-making scheme for his um, you know, compatriots in terms of all his uh, folks around him getting uh, – or not all of them, but like a lot of people um, – certainly certainly some law firms uh, getting money to defend him. So it's like this cycle of cash, um, which is why I have called basically since the beginning, the big lie, the big lucrative lie, mm. because raising a lot of money um, to basically continue to fuel the Trump publicity machine. And in the Trump publicity machine, no negative publicity is not negative. It's all publicity. And so it just is a self-generating process for him to continue to generate cash from basically nothing but controversy, um, which is probably the easiest money he's ever raised or made in his life. Um, Not that selling his brand took a lot of effort um, necessarily, but like this doesn't even involve having real assets that you've got to worry about in terms of a building or something. This is just money in every time you, you know, you hit the, the, uh, false anger button, like, yeah. And then money comes in and then you lie some more and then money comes in and like, this is their, this is his, his scheme. It's just constantly trying to raise money based on lying to people. And this being opposite world, you know, he's got these lemmings who follow him, who believe the, you know, the fantasy that Mark Burnett put on television of this this billionaire in Manhattan who was actually when the apprentice came on the air was under, I think under multiple bankruptcies, he was broke and they made, they created this character around the myth of Donald Trump and the image that he tried to portray of himself. And, you know, the dumbing down of America, the wide swath of it believes him and thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you just wonder like, what is missing? How do they not see that this is like the biggest con man to ever, you know, con the country. I, I still, I, I wrestle with that every day, but it it underscores why they're doing what they're doing in the schools. Well, you know, it's interesting because one of the facts that um, a lot of folks don't know, and I know you know this, Nicole, is that, you know, Trump had been sort of threatening to run for the president for years. In oh, yeah. the 90s, was threatening, and, and in the early 2000s had um, thought about running on the National Reform Party ticket, uh, for mm-hmm. president and and Mark Burnett has also his own political sort of fundamentalist uh, agenda, notwithstanding you know uh, his other franchises like Survivor, which have you know done quite well. Yep, um, are you know seemingly neutral, but his other operations have been to basically try to po- prop up these sort of empty suit celebrities, um, you know, in their political ambitions, including not just Donald Trump but Sarah Palin, <laughs> after she you know just absolutely failed in her role as the vice presidential candidate was just, you know, so obviously abysmally um, uninformed, uneducated, uninterested, and a liar. Um, After she lost, you know, helped McCain lose that bid at the Obama won in 2008, here comes Mark Burnett with a sweet deal for her to basically further enrich her and polish her celebrity for future, future runs. Because, you know, people like these, some of these right wing um, operatives, and that's what I consider Mark Burnett to be, 
Um, again, notwithstanding my, uh, you know, occasional watching of Survivor. I, I used to watch it. I do. I really don't anymore. But for the first yeah. Yeah. 15 yeah. years, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. My but, you know, but in his in his other job, uh, not as an executive producer over there or the creator help, you know, you helped create that franchise. He's someone who has a very right wing agenda and has supported extremist right-wing politicians like Trump and and Palin in trying to basically use their celebrity to gain a political foothold. And in my personal view, have people who are pliable um, to advance an agenda just based on their own desire for power and fame, not due to any sort of actual, um, you know, principle. Right. Um, and, and if I recall correctly, don't I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but I believe isn't Mark Burnett Australian, just like Rupert Murdoch? That I don't know. I think he is. Um, I'm going to look it up. His, you know, his Hollywood life um, and uh, and the ways in which he has lifted up people like Trump and Palin to try to create a portrait of them as if they were our reasonable leaders, when in fact their actual track record is one of failure um, and of, you know, unreasonableness. Um, and and being um, ignorant. Uh, yeah. No, he is from. Um, uh, yep. Sydney, South New Wales, Australia. Huh. What's happening with Australia there, Nicole? I, I don't know. That. But yeah, I believe that it looks like that's where he's from. So, yeah, something about these authoritarian, you know, figures from Australia trying to do something with our media and politics. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's just an aside. It just occurred to me off here. So anyway, this that wasn't the big story, though, this week. The big story happened today. And it's only we've been waiting. Well, I think it was February, if my memory serves. And I don't trust my memory right now on anything. Uh, but that we heard from that um, young woman who was the foreperson of the special grand jury in Fulton County, who Fonnie Willis had been presenting her uh, election interference case too, and this woman um, came, went all over TV and was all giggly and stuff, and hinted that there were many, many multiple people whom they recommended be indicted. And then Fonnie Willis said that you know an indictment was imminent, and then we waited, and then it was months. So from February to. Um, August, when she finally handed down the indictment of 19 uh, defendants, Donald Trump and 18 others, and we still didn't get the report. Now, they recommended that the report from the special grand jury be released, but Fonnie Willis asked and the judge agreed that it should be held until the indictment was made public. And so the indictment was made public a couple of weeks ago. And now today we got the full report. And we learned that many of those unindicted co-conspirators that weren't one of the 19, well, there were 20 more. And it included some pretty uh, hefty names on there, including a couple of, at the time, sitting senators, uh, including Lindsey Graham, um, David Perdue, who was a sitting senator who was defeated, um, uh, the sitting lieutenant governor of Georgia, another a senatorial candidate from Georgia. I mean, a lot of uh, um, Michael Flynn and others. Um, so, Lisa, we knew it was coming. We heard last night that it was going to be released today. Um, were there any surprises in this report for you? Uh, well, it's certainly like the fact that uh, David Perdue, there were 17 yes votes um, and four no votes for him to be indicted. That's a pretty substantial majority of people on the other indictments, the 19 that went forward, those I think were all 20 to one. So one holdout, um, uh, perhaps one, you know, Republican, uh, uh, like person who wouldn't set aside their partisan beliefs in order to actually fairly indict based on the evidence. Um, but, you know, it is interesting to see the other names of people who, who should have been indicted. You could have been indicted, perhaps I hope maybe someday will be indicted. Um, and um, and also, as you mentioned, that that lieutenant governor of Georgia, who's been um, really he's he's also had some news lately or been in the news lately. But, uh, you know, seeing names like uh, Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue and um, Graham on there, you know, I, I mean, I think that's important for the public to know that there were substantial votes for them to be um, for them to be indicted. And I also think, um, you know, other names are, you know, are, 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 have already been indicted are well in the news and right yes. and rightly so. Um, but um, 
you know, Lindsey Graham, who has uh, who's, you know, sort of launched his career uh, impeaching, um, voting to impeach uh, Bill Clinton for lying about sex um, and then pursuing him um, in the Senate trial to impeach him that failed, um, you know, has has subsequently made a career in many ways of lying. Um, it certainly was my observation when I was on the Senate Judiciary Committee staff. I was shocked to see how often Lindsay would mislead uh, people with his claims. That's only grown over time. Um, he had a sort of a brief, more brief couple of moments of truthfulness. Uh, first, when he initially opposed Donald Trump uh, in the race for the president, and he spoke out quite strongly. And then either he was compromised or seduced. Um, or both, I suppose, is possible. Probably. Uh, into basically being a bootlicker for um, Donald Trump. And then you had that second moment where he sort of, where he stood up um, right after the January 6th uh, insurrection and that violent attack on our capital and our democracy, where he said this was too far. And then he, of course, immediately in the weeks, subsequently weeks, sort of went back to um, to being subservient to Donald Trump and advancing Trump with, you know, without any apparent conscience about what Trump has done to our nation and his uh, destruction and his actual documented record of of lying. You know, to go from being the person who imagined an impeachment over lying to being sort of the, the a guy who spends his days defending the most documented liar in the history of America in Donald Trump. Like that's a that's an astonishing tragic tale, um, uh, which is Lindsey Graham's legacy now. Oh, it is. And, I, you know, I went black. I've, I, I have news clips. I'm not very organized with some things, but with my news sound, I am. And I saw so I went back to January 2021 and and January 6th. And I've got a lot of a lot of clips here, including Matt Gates saying um, uh, Antifa was responsible for storming the Capitol and <laughs> shit like that. But here's Lindsey Graham, if it wants to play. Senator from South Carolina. All right. I'm just going to cue in a bit because I think he was really drunk at this point. This is after they came back in. And um, before he's not president, I can accept Wisconsin four to three. Pennsylvania. It went to right. the second. I can't find the part. But but the, I, I wish I, I have it somewhere, but I, I wasn't prepared to play. But he's like. I've had it. I've had enough. I was in with him, but I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I'm telling you, I like had tears in my eyes. I'm like, finally, if this is what it was going to take for these people to finally admit who this guy is, well, then maybe it's worth it. Then you had Mitch McConnell. There's no question. None. That President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. No question about it. No question about it. And then he goes on from there. We had those two on the floor as they're certifying the election after the the, 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 insur- the insurrectionists are cleared from the building. And and for Lindsey Graham to now go back to his sycophantic, ass-licking ways, he's got to be compromised. And I don't know what, I, what could they possibly have on him that he's you know, a, a closet queen. We know that. I don't what what unless he's like spying for the Russians, which perhaps um, what could possibly be worth him standing up for this crook who tried to overthrow, overturn a fair and free election? I mean, it is it is mind boggling. Perhaps someday history will reveal um, what motivated Graham to um, basically be so subservient to such, uh, you know, deeply um, deceptive, troubling, traitorous person in Donald Trump. Um, we don't know that now. It's all speculation, obviously. And there's lots of, you know, lots of rumors afoot over the years. But the fact is, is that, um, you know, I, particularly I think for people who are in the Senate, people who have taken an oath to defend the Constitution from uh, enemies, foreign or domestic, domestic people who have a role in protecting our national security, who certainly understand what it means to treat secret or um, letter cleared documents, you know, highly secret documents, or um, even uh, Five Eyes documents, for example, in the other indictment, uh, the importance of those documents being kept 
secret for our national security, for the security of every person who lives in America, for the security of our troops, uh, for the security of our, you know, um, allies, um, you know, people who have those positions of responsibility from a national security standpoint, or even um, generally as um, officers of our government who take an oath of office to defend the Constitution, for them to basically use their power to try to aid and abet uh, Trump's um, effort to subvert our democracy, to destroy and nullify the results of American voters in order to keep such an unfit person in a position of power. It's genuinely appalling. Um, it's it's certainly the worst thing in terms of political acts I've seen in, in my lifetime. Uh, I certainly didn't, you know, wasn't around during the Civil War right. when uh, you know, people were leaving the union to support the secession and and uh, the war that resulted in the deaths of more than a half a million Americans, um, including numerous hundreds of thousands of um, of people defending the United States of America and defending our Constitution. But in in my lifetime, in the 20th century and into the 21st century, this um, these acts by these um, just uh, uh, these politicians who are so willing to set aside their oath, their actual oath in defense of a man who's utterly unworthy of such loyalty, a disloyal man himself, right. Uh, to such loyalty to him, you know, it, it is genuinely appalling and to do so, not just about January 6th, but also, you know, in, in regards to these other indictments, these are criminal, these are criminal indictments by our fellow citizens through the process of law to ignore those, to try to discount those findings yeah. uh, by those grand juries. Um, and also to just have such such grotesque disrespect for the Justice Department um, and the FBI, which is led by a Trump appointee in Chris Ray to suggest that that these institutions are fundamentally corrupt when the man who tried to corrupt them is the is the actual person who's facing these indictments. Um, someone who Trump who tried to distort the Justice Department to serve his own personal and political agenda, his own enemies list, his own um, effort to subvert our election. And a man who, as I said, and as the evidence uh, demonstrates, willfully took some of our nation's most important secrets with him, hid them, yep. lied about them, directed his staff to hide them, directed his lawyers to to be dishonest with um, investigators and wave them around to people not cleared. Um, who knows what else he's done with those documents or who else he shared them with. Um, he's someone who is unworthy of any public trust, in my Abs view. Absolutely. And you've just... You've just um, verbalized my theory of opposite world because they do all that and then turn around and accuse the Democrats of doing exactly what they're doing, of perpetuating a fraud on the American people, of stealing an election, of everything that they do. It's 100 percent projection. Um, but the most mind boggling or one of I can't qualify one is more than the other. If you look what this Republican um Congress has done, they make Jim Jordan chairman of the Judiciary Committee, which is astounding. And he has been so brutal in his attacks on Fannie Wallace, the the uh, the DA of Fulton County, Georgia, who brought this indictment against these 19 co-conspirators and did not charge the other 20 who the 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 grand jury recommended she do because I'm guessing she she dotted her eyes and crossed all her T's and had the case ready to go the day she filed the indictment and that's why the it, the uh, indictments are imminent took so long because she was preparing her case so she could go to trial immediately do you, do uh, do I have that right well, I, I mean, possible. I guess that's what we believe to be the case. But uh, the, your mention of Jim Jordan, I mean, her takedown of him. The is letter. Just well, that's what I was going to bring up. So she sends this letter to him and I will post it on the blog today where I post today's show. It'll be at NicoleSandler.com slash nine dash eight dash 23. That's how I always post the shows by the date so you can find them easily. But it's a nine page scathing letter to Jim Jordan, basically saying, I can paraphrase it, but my, my language, you know how I talk. Um, it, it basically, fuck you on the horse you rode in on. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. And here's nine pages to put you in your place. I heard a little bit of criticism of her. Somebody, and I don't know who it was, one of the talking heads on 
Morning Joe this morning said it's the kind of thing that maybe she should have written it and slept on it before she sent it out. I don't think so. I thought she said exactly what she needed to say to him. Yeah, I mean, I just think I, I think that I don't think it was indecorous for her to send it. I think she was accurate in describing um, what this uh, this um, slippery politician in, in Jim Jordan is trying to do his extraordinary efforts to intervene or interfere in a, in a valid, a legitimate, well-documented state prosecution and his actual lack of credentials. Had she talked about, you know, his history of actually failing to do anything about men who were sexually assaulted and abused um, uh, by the boys under, under his charge, college kids under his charge at was at Ohio state university that he knew were being abused. And he looked the other way. It couldn't be bothered. I mean, that would, that, that would have been, you know, perhaps going too far in terms of like trying to drag in that history. I think that history is valid because it shows the, the lack of morality of Jim, of Jim Jordan, in my personal view, his, um, his willingness to basically pursue his own power to the detriment of the, the, the lives of other human beings, even, in, even with knowledge of the harm that they were facing or had faced, um, and just his, you know, just absurd, just posturing. Um, at these hearings, which he like, it really is a travesty that a person like that is in charge of the Judici- Judiciary Committee of the United States House of Representatives. You know, it, it was it was appalling in the McCarthy days to have someone like McCarthy at the helm who was a drunk and a liar and a person who smeared people. And somehow Jordan is is like, I, it's hard to say that he's worse than McCarthy, but mm-hmm. he's he's terrible in a different way just in in this in the in the sense of his just just abject lack of moral center and his willingness to um, misuse that role in order to serve not not even an ideology um but oh can you hear that in the background or is that just me yeah no i can hear it but it's okay no worries i'll I'll stop and i'll get that off the phone no no problem I'll go back to you, Nicole, so I can close oh, that call. Oh, OK. Um, um, so anyway, well, I'm pulling up um, another thing uh, uh, there. You know, all of these issues. So so uh, Joe Walsh. Oh, I see. She had to get out of there and then come back. Um, we have this awesome uh, electronic video feedback. Let me get rid of that because it's really distracting. Once Lisa comes back. Yeah. Uh, there I'm she is. She's back. No worries. The call. I apologize. My oh. phone was on. It was a, a, a rookie mistake. Oh, no problem. Nope. No, no problem at all. But yeah, I was thinking of, you know, Joe Walsh, not the guitar player, the the politician, the former Republican who was such an ass when he was in Congress, who now tries to, you know, portray himself as. Um, um, oh, it's so funny. I'm looking for that Joe Walsh and it brings up the guitar player. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what he's but he, but he's uh, this is a totally different. Well, not a totally different subject. I wanted to ask Lisa Graves, in your personal opinion, about the whole 14th Amendment, Section 3 part um, of the Constitution that says anybody, any elected official who participates in an insurrection shall not. I I even have my my little pocket constitution right here. It cannot not only can't be president, can't run for president, cannot be on the ballot. Um, Actually, John Bonifaz of um, Free Speech for People came on here many, many months ago, and they had already filed some lawsuits along those lines. They were pushing for this. And now two, and I don't know their names, I'm sorry, very respected conservative um, judges, lawyers, conservative members of the legal community wrote a piece in a law journal basically saying the 14th Amendment does apply here and Donald Trump is it should be prohibited, according to the Constitution, from being on the ballot. Um, and then uh, Lauren, uh, Larry Lessig and um, oh, I'm sorry, Lawrence Tribe. And who's the other with the conservative? Um, Michael Ludding. Michael Ludding came out together and wrote this piece for The Atlantic, basically saying what these other two very conservative legal minds said is true and are getting the ball rolling. Well, and then Joe Walsh says, oh, stop it with the 14th Amendment stuff. Well, excuse me, if the Constitution is not to be followed or if they want to pick and choose what they're going to follow in it, then is it worth the paper it's written on? You know, I mean, 
That's a loaded question. I think it's worth the papers written on, although my version uh, looks a little bit like this. But, um, you know, the, it's, I, I really appreciated Professor Tribe and uh, former Judge Ludig's um, discussion. And also um, uh, John Bonifaz's efforts. I'm on the advisory board for, for John Bonifaz's group. Oh, very cool. Uh, Free speech for people. But, um, you know, the, the thing that I read when I read that Section 3, um, it doesn't require criminal eviction at all. It doesn't say that you have you're convicted of a crime no. of insurrection. It says if you having, you know, they, if they shall, if they shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion or given aid and comfort to the enemies, they are barred yeah. um, from oath. And the only way to stop the bar, that basically the bar in essence is on, on, on its face, a bar. And the only way to remove the bar is for two thirds of Congress, the house and the Senate to remove the bar. The, the, I mean, to me, like, that's not a question of, oh, has he been convicted of this? And you can only be barred if you're convicted. It's actually the opposite. You, If you have engaged in a in a insurrection, which not everyone is convicted of doing that, that's not a thing that necessarily requires conviction. conviction. You are physically engaged in it or right. you're unleashing uh, people to attack the Capitol to, you know, stop the uh, stop the functioning of our dem- democracy and the counting of votes, um, which is subversion of our democracy. It, it's it's the, in my view one of the definitions of insurrection. Um, the only way that that bar can be removed is if two thirds of Congress removes it, not a judge. Right. Not a judge. And so, so this thing where the states are filing suit to keep Trump off the ballot in those states. Isn't that an unnecessary exercise? Because um, a discussion I heard of Lawrence Tribe and and, and um, uh, Judge Ludwig was it's self-executing. It doesn't require the actions of any state or attorneys general to come to this conclusion. The fact is he participated. He cannot be on the ballot unless, as you said, Lisa, two thirds of Congress said, eh, never mind, we'll do it. We'll do away with that provision. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in the, like it's not self-executing in the, in the sense that someone has to remove him from the ballot or say you are not eligible, which is what a secretary of state can do. Uh, they can do that, you know, based on their own statutes where, you know, someone didn't file the right paperwork on time. Right. You can be barred from being on the ballot if you didn't file on time. You can certainly be barred from being on the ballot if you participated in an insurrection. Those decisions are um, are in the power in the hands of the election official in those in those states. Um, and, um, you know, to. To me, like it's not that it wouldn't be litigated. You know, a, a person then could go to court and say, "No, no, I should be allowed to be on the ballot. Like this was improper because I didn't engage in an insurrection, or I, I didn't miss the deadline. Here's my timestamp, or I had the number of signature, whatever it is. I've made the filing fee. I had a valid check. You know, but that would be litigating after the decision to to exclude someone from the ballot, which is in the hands of the authority. So it's. To me, it's self-executing in the sense that it doesn't require a court to find you guilty criminally right. in order to okay. bar you. That's not what the 14th Amendment says at all. If it had intended a conviction to be a requirement, it would have said so. And the one of the ironies or, you know, just um, hypocrisies um, or dis- great deceptions of our time is that these right wingers claim that they're, you know, strict constructionists. They just follow the plain language of the law there when in fact they're not, they're not rule of law judges, despite the rhetoric that they pedal with Coke pedals or Leo pedals, Leonard Leo pedals or the billionaire Charles Coke pedals. They're not, these are, these are people who are chosen in order to change our rights, to limit our rights. Um, but whenever really push comes to shove and they're asked to read the actual language of the Constitution, the plain language like that 14th Amendment, suddenly they're nowhere near their supposed original intent. They're nowhere near reading the actual language. They're inventing language. Um, you know, when it comes to Trump himself, like my theory, as I think I've said to you before, Nicole, is that he has it's possible he's read 15 words in here. I give him 15, <laughs> but I don't think he's ever read the Constitution that he swore an oath to uphold. No, I don't have any confidence that he's read any part of it. Um, you know, and and some of his advisors have clearly elided it in many ways, or to the extent that they've read it, like uh, Mr. Uh, who they're calling Cheeseboro, but who said who pronounced his name Shabro. Um, you know, they they think that they can just overcome it by by fiat, basically by um, unleashing the troops on the American citizens if they were to, uh, you know, effectuate the coup that they were planning. And and make no mistake, like insurrection is a is a you know ten dollar word 
Um, you know, it's a fancy word, but what was happening on January 6th was not just an insurrection. It was an attempted coup. Yes, it was. And the, our democracy. Yeah. I, I, I fully agree. And, and I think, you know, by the media calling it a riot. No, it wasn't a riot. It was an attempted coup. It was an insurrection. They broke into the Capitol. You listen to them trying to, you know, right wing media and right wing politicians, again, trying to excuse. Oh, it was, you know, they were just protesting at the Capitol. Well, bullshit. Bullshit. That wasn't just protesting is standing outside peaceably holding a sign. It's not, you know, Injuring, it's not attacking police. It's not throwing down um, barriers and breaking windows and climbing through windows when you're told that the building is off limits today. It's saying, oh, we can't go there because this was not just a riot. This was an insurrection. We watched with our jaws hanging open that day in real time as this was happening and as Trump sat and did nothing and then said, we love you, you know. You know, no, the gaslighting is incredible. And the fact that they're all just going along with it it, it is is astounding. And it's more than doing nothing right, because it's him actually trying to commandeer the Secret Service to go go down to the Capitol with the mob. Uh, It's him and his buddies conspiring in these meetings where Marjorie Taylor Greene, who wasn't even sworn in yet as a member of Congress, subsequently sought a pardon for her role in these meetings that were happening about their plans for January 6th. It's the memo um, that was at the ready for Trump to declare martial law uh, and basically the urging of these other people like Shabro or Cheesebro to say, um, you know, you can just uh, you can just basically order a do over election, which is not part part of the constitution at all like we never have it had they done it but the reality was this effort to set aside the will of the american people in georgia and other states i mean these were these were in my view traitorous acts these were acts that are fundamentally at odds with um being a democracy and it's not about you know necessarily filing a filing litigation about like can you have absentee voting or something you know that that, that was sort of disgusting to see at the time to attack the ability of the people to cast their ballots in an unprecedented once in a hundred year pandemic, <laughs> deadly pandemic. But, you know, that was at least they went to court and the, and tried to have that hurt in court. And the court rejected their, rejected them time and time and time again. 62 times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this is this is not just having your chance to litigate an election issue like absentee ballots or um, the voting time extending for people who are in line already or something. This was an effort to use force and to use the power of the president to overturn an American election for the first time in history and to do so um, in ways that were truly menacing for the lives of public servants, including police, the Capitol Police, that, you know, those speeches from the, um, you know, those speeches with the White House in the background near the Washington Monument by Trump, by Eastman, by Giuliani, by Trump's son, others, like those were speeches that were calls for, you know, in in Giuliani's words, trial by combat. Yep. You know, Trump's words, you've got to fight or you're going to lose your country. That's right. Um, And him planning to go down there right to the Capitol as, as it was being invaded, like, like basically to walk in and march in with his people. Um, the efforts by some of those people who were, who were, you know, former military or current military um, to work in tandem, to try to identify where people were, where yep. members of Congress were, including in particular, Mike Pence. Yep. Um, just this week, the testimony of John Eastman, who's been testifying in the effort in California to disbar him. And I believe he's someone who should, should certainly be disbarred, should lose his law license, given his behavior um, in this in this case. He refused to answer the question about whether one of their plans was to have doddering ancient um, uh, Senator Grassley in the chair in the absence of oh Pence God. in order to set aside the election results and and push, you know, claim there was controversy. You have someone like Ron Johnson, who hasn't been indicted, but was reelected <laughs> with a bunch of dark money backing him uh, in the in the last election cycle. Someone who was willing to aid and abet this effort to um, put uh, fake electors, fraudulent electors um, to inject that into the 
process in the United States Senate, you know, an absolute just just violation of the norms there. You had people like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz willing to make just outrageous objections to the lawful decisions of the lawful authorities, Republican state elected officials in those states in order to set aside the proper counting of those electoral ballots. You know, at every turn, what you had was an effort to subvert our democracy and actually destroy it. And did not just destroy it, like, not that there's a good reason to destroy it, but to destroy it for the lousiest reason ever for yes. someone like Trump. Like, it, it is literally, to this day, mind-boggling. It, it is astounding. By the way, um, we have some breaking news. I, I'm trusting the chat room that you guys have verified this, because I just checked my email. I didn't see it yet, but um, but my my listeners are on it. I screwed up yesterday. I was talking about the judge had, had um, rejected... Uh, the bid of of uh, Sydney, what her whatever her Sydney, um, whatever her name is, and uh, I'm sorry, Sydney Powell, Sydney Powell, and it was Ken Cheeseboro. I was saying Mark Meadows. I meant Cheeseboro, Cheeseboro, whatever his name is. Their motion to separate. I kept saying Mark Meadows. I, I was it was a brain fart yesterday. But what they're telling me is the judge just rejected Mark Meadows' bid to move his case to federal. So because because of that, in part, I'm sure because of the Hatch Act, which is that these uh, people who are um, acting as public officers are not are not supposed to be acting as electoral officers or electoral agents. Um, And then to try to claim that your effort to defend this electoral agenda, um, this insurrectionist agenda is somehow within your duties. It's really it's super offensive. But I was going to say, you mentioned something earlier about this poll, um, the CNN uh, poll. Yeah, the CNN poll. And, you know, I, I I looked at it just briefly, although I haven't looked at it in full, but I did look at um, at, you know, who it was. And I just would note for your audience, I'm sure they they may know this, but, um, you know, Nate Silver, who um, runs the 538 um, uh, site that's part that, you know, was initially part of The New York Times and, you know, still has these relationships Um I'm not saying that I am a hundred percent in favor of all the polling or whatever that Nate Silver does, but one of the things that they're they've done is that they rated the pollsters. So basically, they rate them on their accuracy, and SSRS um, has an accuracy rating of a C plus. Oh, so you know, I wouldn't hire a lawyer whose rating was C plus, and I no. wouldn't hire a doctor whose rating was a C plus, and I certainly wouldn't hire a pollster whose rating was no. C plus. But more than that, um, I haven't had a chance to look at your numbers, but you said that. The poll of, you know, more than 1,200 Americans included 391 Democrats or independent Democratic voters and 898 Republicans or Republican leaning independents, which would which would basically assert that the American population is 69 to 70 percent Republican or Republican leaning. I don't think that's valid at all. I mean, on this on the face of that, you know, most of the polling, which I you know, I do have concerns about the way some of these polls are constructed, but you know, most of the polling, you know, puts Dems at 30, 36 to 40, Republicans at 36 to 40, independents, you know, somewhere in the 20 percent middle. It varies, you know, within realm. But no one in their right mind, especially after Trump lost the election by a popular vote and the electoral vote, and especially after the 2022 election in which, despite the, the completely trumped up um, uh, spin by Republican pollsters that this was going to be a red wave yep. um, in the midterm. The fact is it, it wasn't, and it was only due to sort of the gerrymandering of the um, House districts that we ended up with this narrowly split House. But the idea that any pollster with any credibility would conduct and distribute and publicize a poll in which they've counted that the American people are 70%, 69.6% Republican or Republican-leaning they're just it's just so bad on the surface. Horrible. If it and and the thing is, CNN, I guess their their name is on the poll. And I'm, I don't watch CNN. These I haven't watched CNN in months. I just after I, I, I don't. But I'm watching the, the coverage of their uh, their coverage of this poll. And they've been relentless. Somebody actually did a montage um, of of all of their fear-mongering. Oh my God, Joe Biden's poll is so horrible. He can't win. What are you going to do? Democrats, what are you going to do? Stop it already. It's 14 months out from the election. Polls don't mean anything at this point. And especially, as you said, if it's rated C+, come on. Whoops. Come Come on, on, man. man. Come Come on, man. man. 
Yeah. I, I just, well. yeah, you know, and I, I mean, it, we obviously in all in you and your listeners in some ways have been tracking the, the tumult over at CNN with the political partisan leadership, the, the, you know, the changing of, of the people who are doing the reporting, but also this sort of this ridiculous mandate by the, you know, former immediately former leader, Chris Light to, you know, try to claim that they've, They've got to swing to the right to try to get market share from Fox. I mean, it's just such a stupid marketing plan, but also it, it has is having a distorting effect on their coverage to have that sort of partisan right wing leadership at the helm or someone who's trying to put their thumb on the scale uh, in that way um, to try to to try to sort of somehow um you know, go back to their Lou Dobbs days, perhaps, or, you know, their Lou Dobbs adjacent days yeah. or something. The fact is, is that, you know, I, I, you know, I've found like I do with most outlets, whether it's um newspapers or TV, there are people who I have confidence in, mm-hmm. you know, people who are reporters or journalists on the sure. air um, versus, you know, outlets as a whole. Um, but the fact is, is that CNN has trashed its own reputation with this change in leadership Horribly. that's been by its owners basically it's it, the funders um who now dominate it and, and well that it's is- the guy who who heads discovery inc who's this major yep. right winger and so it's his ideology that's trickling down that we're now seeing play out like this right yeah. and people yeah, i mean it's a black eye for cnn to rely on a c plus pollster and to rely on such a distorted poll um, you know, that's too bad. Uh, it's too bad that they've done that. It's too bad for the people who will be misled by that. That's not to say that everything is rosy. I mean, you know, the, the economy is is moving forward in lots of positive ways. Biden has advanced the most project- progressive agenda of any president in decades now yep. um, in numerous ways and has been fighting for, you know, um, economic reforms that will help make lives people's lives better, like student loan reform and forgiveness, the health insurance um, expansion efforts, the the other efforts to basically replace our and repair our, um, you know, damaged infrastructure uh, to expand our ability to enter the 21st century for real in terms of energy investments in alternative energy and more uh, to help try to mitigate the devastating climate changes that are totally manifest everywhere in the country. You know, but, you know, we also live in a society that has been not it's not divided. It's being divided by these right wing um, outlets like Fox, like OAN um, operations like Steve Bannon's, you know, War Room, other lie machines, um, you know, the way the way Facebook has been monetized to, you know, help um, peddle hate and, yep. and lies um, less so than less so than Twitter. Right. Or, Shitter. You know, Shitter. Elon Musk. But the yes. fact the fact is, is that is that. Uh, we have a number of people in America who are being uh, aggressively misled on a daily, if not hourly basis by some of these right wing outlets that up is down, you know, blue is green, you know, truth is lie, lie is truth. And everything um, you thought you knew, you never knew it all. Sideways is straight ahead. Facts no longer matter. Reality is now fiction. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, opposite world. It's opposite world. Yeah. You're, you're, you're describing it, but that's what it is. Yeah, like as you say, Nicole, it's opposite world. And despite all this, despite all that, all those forces arrayed against them, you know, Biden won in 2020 and he won by a substantial margin and yep. by millions of votes. Um, you know, Democrats held the Senate. Um, they, you know, expanded it in 2021 in those Georgia races. They held it, you know, held it still in 2022. Um, there wasn't this sort of midterm, you know, bloodbath. No. Uh, and right- and let me say something else, because this is not stressed enough. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe it is the case as it was in recent years, the Democrats got more votes. Democrats got many more, won the popular vote for the House, got many more votes for their candidates in House races than Republicans did. But because of gerrymandering, the Republicans control the House. If you counted votes, the Democrats would be firmly in control. Right. And you can see that also in states like North Carolina and Wisconsin, where a Democrat can win statewide office, can win the governorship, 
because there's no maps. There's no maps other than the state map. But when the Republican legislatures draw those maps, they skew them. They crack and pack the vote. They utterly, grossly distort the voting process so that they can have minority rule in our democracy. And in states that are red states, it's they're also doing that. They have they have grotesque supermajorities that are gerrymandered. Those states, you know, maybe they've got 45 percent Democrats, but they have only like 20 percent of the legislature. Um, you know, they may not have a, a majority in like a state like Tennessee or something, but they um, they have a substantial number of voters who are not who are not being heard, who aren't really being represented. And then you have states like Alabama, where in defiance of um, a ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court and by other courts, yeah. they refuse to actually follow the letter of the law, the Voting Rights Act. And they're doing so defiantly, willfully, um, aggressively in order to try to secure and maintain uh, their domination of federal and state um, you know, politics and policy and power. So I think we're at the top of the hour. Nicole, we are. I know. And, and there's so much we didn't even get to. I mean, there's there's Alito, the Supreme Court Justice Alito today, rejecting calls to recuse himself from an upcoming case in which a lawyer involved also interviewed him for The Wall Street Journal, where he said things that that they would not say in their hearings to be confirmed because you can't a, a, a judge or a, a possible Supreme Court justice can't possibly opine on a what could come before them in a hearing as to whether or not they should be confirmed to the Supreme Court. But in a Wall Street Journal interview, sure, I'll say whatever I want. And then you got Brett Kavanaugh saying, yeah, we'll probably put in some kind of ethics controls over ourselves. Give me a break. These yeah, people lie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next week, Nicole, it'd be lovely to catch up on that. Let's do it. Um, and, and there's even more. There's so much. And I, and I wanted to also ask you about Elon Musk. Did he con- did, did he commit treason? This man who controls SpaceX saw that the military that military contracts with SpaceX, I guess, for satellite communications. And they, he saw that uh, the, the SpaceX was going to be used for, I don't know, GPS to take out a, a Russian armada or something. And he stopped it. He cut it off. Helping the well, Russians. That, that is, I have to say that that is it's a shocking revelation that's been reported. I haven't had a chance to look into it. Okay. Um, and I wish I could stay on for longer. Okay, you got to go. And I'm holding. So next time you look into that, because this is has me freaked out. I think he should be tried for treason. But, you know, what do I know? Lisa Gray. It's really disturbing. Yeah, it is. So much. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. We will talk and maybe next week before I go. But certainly, if not, when I get to Arizona. Thank you, Lisa Graves. Bye-bye. Lisa Graves, everybody. Find her at uh, On the Shitters. She's still there, as am I, at The Lisa Graves. And um, do check out truenorthresearch.org because they do such great work. And I purposely keep it separate from when Lisa is here because when she's on, she is speaking in her capacity as a private citizen, not as the executive director of True North Research because... uh, for legal purposes, she's speaking in her own capacity as just a, a person. But she also does this m- amazing job at True North Research. So, you know, in your spare time, go to her website and check it out because they're doing great work. She has been doing that kind of work for the 15 or so years that I've known her and much beyond. But yeah, Elon Musk, did you not hear the story? Holy shit. Oh, and it's Friday, so I can't talk about it tomorrow. But next week... um, uh, let me see if I can't find it really quick. Um, all right. We, well, we, we're gone from uh, Progressive Voices is over. All right. So let me uh, bear with me. I know I, I think I have it up here. You know, I don't. Um, there, there's so much. But g- Google it. Look at my, you, you listeners, your, your news junkies as well. Google Elon Musk, SpaceX, Ukraine, and shit, throw treason in there, too, because I believe he committed treason. He aided and abetted the enemy. Or is it Starlink? Whatever. SpaceX, Starlink, I don't know. All I know is it's Elon Musk's company. And he said it looked like they were going to kill Russian children. And he shut down the satellite so that they couldn't use the communications um, um, capabilities of his satellite. And yes, he admitted to it. Musk is siding with Putin. Why is this man, why does he have any credibility with anybody?
Oh, my God. And the judge also denied Mark Meadows' bid to prevent his arrest. <laughs> we already saw his mugshot. He was already arrested. So, you know, good. Keep it going. Starlink is an Internet provider owned by SpaceX. Uh, whatever. Elon Musk had the capability and used it to pro- prohibit, to prevent Ukraine from this attack on the Russians that would have severely hampered their invasion into Ukraine or one of their incursions. It's just, it's insane. It's opposite world. And on that note, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Next week, I will be here. I'll probably be just as scattered as I am now or more so because, you know, <laughs> we're we're moving. I still have a whole most of the house to pack up. Um, I'm saving the studio for last so I can be here all next week. Um, so, uh, yeah, bear with me. Thank you for bearing with me. And I don't ask much. And if you noticed, I backed off the commercials because, frankly, they weren't working. And if you guys aren't going to, um, you know, patronize the advertisers, it doesn't do me any good to run their commercials. So I'm really not. But I really need you if you can. If you can afford it and you enjoy this show, please chip in with some support. This move is taking like every cent <laughs> got saved. So uh, if you can spare anything and, and to support the work I'm doing, I, I'd appreciate it. NicoleSandler.com. Click on the donate button there. All right. Thank you very much. I'll see you Monday. Don't know what we're doing yet, but we'll figure it out by Monday. Don't we usually? All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye.